Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We bless you, God. Father, we thank you for all that you do in our lives, God. Thank you for your grace and your mercy upon us, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us the ability to have faith in you, to trust you, to receive from you, God. And Lord, right now, we receive all that you have for us through your word, through the presence of your spirit, Father. Thanking you in advance, Father God, for all that you're depositing within us, Lord. We give you all the honor, all the glory, all thanksgiving and praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. amen. Go ahead, be seated. Yeah, it's, it's been a special month. Seems like we jumped into 2020 with both feet and just uh, already seeing, just, just in this last 26 days, 25 days, just seeing the miracles of God, seeing the hand of God move, seeing people's lives change, seeing families restored, marriages restored, just seeing God moving in a tremendous way. Amen. And it's just, it's, just, it's just the beginning of the year. Amen. And I believe with all my heart, I believe with all my heart very strongly that this is this 2020 is a year of miracles. Uh, it's just miracles on a personal level, on family levels, on a corporate level, just a miraculous year that we're in for. Amen? Amen. I want to review a little bit before I get into what I want to share in wrapping up this message on vision. I've been sharing for the past few weekends that Jesus has a vision for the church. The church, in the eyes of Jesus, and in his heart, his desire, is that the church be an army of believers living here on earth, carrying out the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church. Now, understand this, this whole organization, this whole fellowship of believers, this family of believers is a byproduct of God's desire for us to reach the lost. The whole reason the church exists, understand this, okay? Because some of us think, okay, the church exists so I don't have to go to hell. No, 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 it's not only about you. It's not only about me. The church exists so that many, many, many multitudes of lost in every generation would come out of the kingdom of darkness and come into the kingdom of light. Let's not ever forget that, because we can get caught up in our own little things, our own little journeys, our own little kingdom building, and many times we forget the purpose that we exist. And let me tell you something, okay? I can speak this from personal experience. When you forget who you are and what your purpose is, you begin to live a life that is completely frustrated, Miserable, unhappy, discontent. Amen? Amen. So God's heart for the lost can be described, described, described in a few sentences, and I hope some of you remember this from last weekend. Number one, that the lost be... I want to hear it. That the lost be... Good. That the saved be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that those that are filled would grow up spiritually. Amen? Because let me tell you something. I know from 35 years' experience as being a Christian, there is nothing more dangerous than a a believer who's filled with the Holy Spirit but refuses to grow up. There's all kinds of instability. You might have met some along the way. You might have been one along the way. 
So the church is the only group on earth that's empowered by God to bring these goals to pass, that the lost be saved, that the saved be filled with the Holy Spirit, and that those that have been saved and filled would grow up and mature and be seasoned individuals. The church is the only, um, the only entity on earth that can do this. It's the only one that's been empowered by God for us to, to bring this message that has the power to transform lives and to bring people into eternity. Amen? Amen. The most selfish thing that you and I can do is to keep this message in our own heart and not share it with others. Because you're here. You're sitting in your seat. 99% of you are here because somebody shared this message with you. Amen? Amen? We've been talking a lot about vision. Vision is a precursor. Vision is the initiator of action. You remember, we've been saying for the past couple of weekends, without action, a vision is nothing more than a daydream. You can be dreaming and dreaming and dreaming and dreaming, but at some point, you've got to rise up and begin to take some action to bring that dream to pass. Amen? Amen. Now, Jesus painted a picture for the disciples of heaven. He painted a picture of what was going on in heaven for these disciples. And he painted them a picture of multitudes, millions of redeemed, born-again children of God. How are they going to get there? How is heaven going to be filled with all these multitudes? Well, evangelist Reinhard Bonnke, who just recently, in the past month or so, went home to be with the Lord, a man that God used tremendously in the continent of Africa, just, just millions and millions and millions of people in his crusades. Millions and millions have come to the Lord Jesus Christ throughout these past few decades under the ministry of Reinhard Bonnke. And this is when asked, this is what he said. His heart was, his cry was, the mission of the church is to plunder hell and to populate heaven. Wow. I'm going to say it again. The mission of the church, this is who we are, this is what we're supposed to be busy about doing, is to plunder hell, to keep as many people as possible from going to hell and to populate heaven. And it's our job to bring the message of reconciliation so that Jesus' vision would be fulfilled. Amen? Amen. Listen, listen, here's some more. Hold on to this one too. Because you're the church, right? The church is not this building, is it? As, as nice as it is and as nice as our other campuses are, the church is not the building. The church is the people who inhabit the building. Amen? You're the church. Turn to somebody say, you the church. Now watch. Listen. Jesus can only express his love, his forgiveness, his acceptance through the church. There's no other vehicle. It's the church. If anybody on this earth is going to experience the love of God, if they're going to experience forgiveness that comes from Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, if there's anyone that's going to experience the acceptance of being an adopted son or daughter of God, it's go, that message is going to have to come through the church. Otherwise, this planet is going to be void of the knowledge of Christ's love, of God's commitment to them of his grace, of his forgiveness, of his compassion. Amen? Amen? He went ahead of us to heaven. He told his disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that when the vision was fulfilled, there would be a place. There would be this realm to go to where we would spend eternity in, okay? 
Now, now, now watch this now. When a person has faith, they take action. Faith requires action. The evidence that a person is in faith is they're taking action according to the declaration of what they claim they believe is going to happen. And so that's exactly what Jesus was doing. It's recorded for us in John chapter 14. Starting in verse one, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there's many mansions. That word could be translated mansions, dwelling places, houses, abodes. It can be translated a lot of different. We know this. He's preparing a place for us to spend eternity. Amen? Amen. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. That's the hope of the church right now in 2020, that he's going to keep that promise. And we see all of the signs, all of the things pointing to that coming, that second coming. And before our eyes, every time we watch the news, every time we hear of a report of something happening overseas, it literally is happening before our eyes. He's coming back to get us, to take us to that place that he prepared for us. Don't ever forget that. Every vision requires a plan. Every plan requires individuals to bring it to pass. Action. Turn to somebody, say action. Action. Turn to somebody else on the other side, say action. Now turn around, say, turn, turn to them and say this. If you're a couch potato, you're not going to like this message. So get off the couch. Amen. I want to run through a few individuals. I want to use some of the individuals in the Bible as examples to undergird this concept that God calls people. He deposits his heart in them. He empowers them with his spirit in order for them to accomplish specific things that are going to shake families, communities, nations. God chose Abram. Out of all the people in the ancient Middle East, he chose a man for this one purpose. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. Look at this. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Man, what a promise. God chose him for that specific reason. God knew that Abram, he would have some ups and downs, but he knew that Abram would be the one that he could trust that he could use to bring this plan of salvation into effect and manifestation. Now, now God, when, when he first speaks to Abram, he paints a picture on the, on the inside of Abram. Later, to expand that picture, he changes his name to Abraham. And God gives Abraham further inspiration in case he's ever tempted to go back to Abram. Because Abraham means father of many nations. At that point in time, he didn't have one son yet. You feel kind of foolish sometimes going around calling yourself, hey, uh, I'm the father of many nations. How are you? And everybody knows you don't even have one kid yet. And so, so, so as God does with us, because sometimes, in fact, most times, he shows you a vision that is impossible for you to bring to pass without his help. 
And so you may start looking foolish in the beginning because the evidence of what you claim God's told you may not be there right away. So God gives us inspiration, and he did so with Abram. With Abram, he said to him, when you get tempted to start doubting, go outside. If it's nighttime, look at the sky and look at the stars. If you could count the stars, that's how many descendants you're going to have in the future. He said, if you happen to get discouraged in the daytime, go outside your tent, look at the sand on the ground, and know that's how many descendants I'm going to bring forth from you and from your wife. And years later, Isaac, the son of promise, shows up, and the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ is established on the earth. Are you catching this? In Numbers chapter 13, years and years, centuries later, God wanted the Israelites to expand their vision of the promised land, his plan. He had been telling them, I'm sending you to a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm, I'm, I've reserved for you a, a land that is rich, that produces. But they had never seen it yet. None of them that were alive at the time of Moses, including Moses, had ever seen the promised land. All they had was a promise. And so in Numbers chapter 13, in order for them to catch the vision and in order for them to take ownership of that vision, God has a plan. He wanted, them, he wanted the Israelites to take one person from the head of each tribe and send them over to the promised land so they could see with their own eyes that the, the land indeed was as God said. It was lush. It was rich. It produced. They brought back some of the produce you read Numbers chapter 13 in its entirety, you'll see. And one cluster of grapes had to be carried on a pole by two men. That's how productive the land was. That's how rich the soil was. That's how supernaturally blessed the land was. And you go buy produce today in a supermarket when it comes from Israel, and you see the little sticker, and it's a sticker shows two men with a pole on their shoulders carrying a cluster of grapes, memorializing this incident in Numbers 13. So although the land was promised, the Israelites, the Israelites still had to go. They had to walk it out. They had to go take it. They had to go possess it by faith. Unfortunately, that generation failed, and they wandered for 40 years. It wasn't God's desire. He did everything possible to give them the tools to succeed. And many times, God shows us a vision. He shows us a plan. He shows us something he wants us to accomplish. And you can be assured that he's going to give you all the tools you need to succeed. But what you also can be assured of, it's going to require your cooperation. It's going to require your taking possession of that vision by faith. Amen? Amen. So, so a vision from God, again, the topic of this series for the past few weeks, a vision from God for your personal life works this way. First, he shows you a picture on the inside. It might be a picture of a career, a relationship, an idea, a house. He'll show you a picture of you doing something maybe you've never done before. The next step, a hunger begins to develop on the inside of you. You might drive past a neighborhood. You might hear about a position that's available. You might meet someone, and something on the inside clicks in your spirit, and you know you're drawn to that neighborhood or you're drawn 
to that position or you're drawn to that individual. The next step, he empowers you to go take it by faith. How do we know that? Because you start speaking faith. You start acting like it's real. You start walking it out as if you're already there. That's how the vision unfolds when God places something in your heart. Be sensitive to that. Be sensitive to each step. You'll see that it'll come to pass in your life. And one day you'll be walking in. You'll, you'll, you'll be actually walking out the thing that you saw on the inside possibly years before. Amen? Amen. Now, the way it happens on a corporate level, let's say, for instance, in a church with a ministry, especially the type of ministry that the Lord has called us to. When I say us, I'm talking about you too. I'll say it again because only a couple of people. Because some of you went like, oh, no, uh, uh, uh. When I say us, I'm talking about you. Turn to somebody, he's talking to you. We're all in this together. In this church, there are no spectators. Whether it's in Bayville, whether it's in Brick, whether it's in Wall Township, we are an army that God has commissioned to go forth. Amen? So here's how God works on the corporate level. He speaks to a person or a group of people. He gives a picture on the inside of an area, a group of people. Might be a particular ethnic group. Maybe a geographic area, a city, a nation. And all of a sudden, you can't shake that group of people. Before we graduated from Bible school, those last few weeks, I was looking for every excuse to stay in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because if anybody's ever been there, you can be a lot worse places to live and raise your kids. In the natural, I was looking for every excuse not to come back to New Jersey. I couldn't do it. I couldn't resist it. The day we were packing our truck, a UPS truck pulled up in front of the house. Gentleman got out, brought a package, flat. I opened it up, and it was a graduation present from friends of ours from Florida. It was a Thomas Kincaid painting. And the scripture on the bottom said, you will hear a voice behind you saying, walk this way. I turned to everybody and said, let's finish the truck. Let's finish packing. We're going home. So you can't shake it. It's something that, that you can't walk away from. You'll be attracted to an area, a group of people, a nation. Next, you feel drawn to that. You find yourself praying for those people, praying for that area. And then you hear of an opportunity. And the Holy Spirit empowers you with favor. Increase of vision, anointing, provision comes both in, in finances and manpower. Okay, listen to me closely. We knew when we stepped back into New Jersey, when we had our very first service of New Beginnings at that time called Christian Fellowship, I knew that I was called to be the shepherd. You want to know why? Because 59 sheep showed up that day. Some of you know where I'm going, some of you may not. If you are a shepherd, you have a flock. If you don't have a flock, you're not a shepherd. And a shepherd doesn't, doesn't go and rob somebody else's sheep. A shepherd has sheep that have been assigned to that particular 
shepherd by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Amen? Amen. Now, understand this, that in the church age, we are empowered to release the kingdom of God through the church. The church has always been God's idea. In the Old Testament, the nation of Israel was referred to as the assembly in the, in the, in the wilderness or the gathering in the wilderness. Now, Paul receives revelation from God regarding who we are in Christ and further revelation of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want you to listen closely. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, also states, you are temples of God. The key phrase in both of those scriptures is the fact that we receive revelation from God through the words of the apostle Paul, that every single one of us that are born again have received the Holy Spirit. When I say receive the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about salvation. Every single one of us is a temple of the Holy Spirit where he dwells. That is his dwelling place here on the earth in this age that we live in. Are you listening to me? Now, in the book of Ezekiel, you were probably reading that just this morning, we see a picture, a vision of the church in these last days. God reveals to the prophet that in the last days, a third temple will be rebuilt in Jerusalem. You're about to see it happen very soon. He has given exact details and measurements, and you can read it right there in that book, that will form the blueprints for the actual physical, literal building. However, the temple that he is being shown in the vision is also a type and shadow. It's a symbol of the church. Listen to Ezekiel chapter 47, starting in verse 1. Then he, the angel, the man that appeared to Ezekiel, brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. And he brought me out by the way of the north gate, led me around the outside of the outer gate, that faces east, and again, there was water running out the right side. The water is flowing out from the temple, from the innermost part, flowing out, flowing out into the city, flowing out into the valley. Now, Jesus gave us some insight on this during the Feast of Tabernacles. John chapter 7, you following me? Because you're going to see a great revelation here. John chapter 7, verse 37, speaking about Jesus. On the last great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of what? Living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus made this statement. Now, he was talking about the future, his future, the disciples' future. 
which is in our past by 2,000 years. He's saying the day's gonna come shortly. Well, those who believe in me, within their very core, new, the, the, new, you know, the King James Version says from, from the belly. Over here it says from the heart. The New King James is saying from, out of their bellies shall flow rivers of living water. He's talking about out of our innermost being. Are you catching this? This water is going to flow from there, this living water. Let's put this picture together. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit, yes? yes. We have his living water in us, yes? yes? We are to release that living water by the power of the Holy Spirit into the lives of all those who are around us. Now let's go back to Ezekiel 47, verse 8. Then he said to me, this water, remember the water that flows from the temple, are you there? Yeah. Picture that, picture that. This gorgeous, beautiful building. But water is flowing out. It's flowing out from under the threshold. It's flowing forth from the innermost part of that temple. And he said to me, the water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and enters the sea. He's talking about the Dead Sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go will live. I'll say it again. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river goes, what happens? Will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because the waters go there. Because the, let me put it to you this way. Because the waters go there, there are a multitude of fish insinuating that before there was no life. For they will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river goes. Where is that river? Where is that river, according to Jesus? It's in your innermost being. You are the temple. Child of God, Jesus said that believers would have a river in them. You carry living water in your spirit, you carry the word. You carry the spirit, and you're under the blood of Jesus. And wherever this river, the church, wherever the church goes, wherever the river goes, wherever we release that living water, it says we'll bring healing and life to everything that it touches. Church, listen to me. We are the third temple. We are the temple of the church age. It's a temple. We are a temple that releases grace we are a temple, listen, of living sacrifices, not dead sacrifice, not dead animals, living, living, living sacrifices. People who out of a, our own choice and out of an act of our will have said, we'll serve, we'll go, we'll preach, we'll teach, we'll love, we'll give, we'll supply. That's how the river goes. Now, let me ask you this. I gotta wrap this up. Are you ready to take your place? Because every time we serve, every time we give, every time we allow God to use us, we are releasing that living water. We are resurrecting lives. And it's time to bring living water. It's time to bring the word and the spirit to Wall and to Southern Monmouth County. It's time to fortify the work here in Bricktown so that, so that we continue to affect Northern Ocean County. 
It's time to continue to release the flow of that living water in Bayville and in Central Ocean County so that the communities surrounding that church can be affected and impacted. And nobody walks away without receiving what they need. And nobody walks away without receiving their healing, without receiving life on the inside. Amen? Amen. Will you help us make sure? Will you help us? I'm challenging you. All throughout this month, this is a month of challenge. Will you put yourself aside so that somebody else can experience in that living water? Could you put your own dreams on hold? Can you put your own, stop, stop being a spectator, stop being a consumer, and start being a producer of life? Are you listening to me? What part are you gonna play? What talent are you gonna bring? What investment are you gonna make? I wanna pray right now before we go any further. Would you just bow your heads, please? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a release right now of the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. That the eyes of our understanding, Father, would be illuminated, flooded with light, enlightened for this purpose, God, that we would know what the hope of your calling is. Father, we know that every single one of us is called by you to accomplish a specific thing, to play a specific part in this great plan of salvation that you are pouring out from your heart onto the planet Earth. Father, I pray that you'd speak to every individual clearly. Lord, I pray that not one would resist. I pray that not one would turn a deaf ear and say, not, not now, not me, not here. Father, I pray that your spirit would draw us. Plant that picture on the inside of every one of us, Father. That we know when we come to heaven, you'll show us. This is the part that you played. This one's in heaven. This family was restored. That marriage was restored. This person was healed. This person was released from mental oppression because you let me use you. That's serious, Lord. I pray that you make it real to every single one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now listen, don't be moving yet. This is what I want to share with you. Beginning of the month, we talked about when we first introduced the REACH campaign, first introduced Wall Township as our next place. I said, I'm not going, I wasn't going to ask you for money back then. And honestly, I'm not even going to ask you for money now. But what I am asking you is this. Next weekend, which is going to be a communion weekend for us, we're going to be coming together to take communion together as a church family. I'm asking you to please pray about what part you can play, both by serving, okay? And if you already know that you're supposed to serve up on wall, if you already know that, you're, that if you live in that area, then please come tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock and meet with us there. If you haven't seen the building yet, you'll get a chance to see it. Amen? Now, now, I've already had some people come to me, and the Lord's spoken to them. They don't live in Wall, but their families do, or their coworkers do. And I've had more than two individuals come to me and say, Pastor, I, 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 this is my church, but I want to go serve there for six months, because if I'm serving there, then my family will come, my friends will come, my coworkers will come. What is, that's a sacrifice, but they're willing to do it. But let me show you something in a practical sense. Could you bring that up here, please? 
You see what this is? What is it? A chair. You want to play a part? Buy a chair. Each one of these are $45. You could buy one. You could buy two. You could buy 10. My wife and I are going to buy 20, right? Good. Okay, you can put it down. Can you, can you see it if we put it down? Yeah, okay. So if you're not sure, well, what part can I play? I, I, I can't go serve or I serve here. I don't live in that area, but I do want to play a part. We need 220 of these. Not a big deal. Got that many people in here tonight. If you decide that you want to do that, you can do it tonight. If you're here tonight, you want to do it tonight, write out a check for $45, write out a check for $4,500. And $4,500 buys how many? Oh, we got some math people in here tonight. Any increment, whatever you want, just make it in blocks of 45. If you can only afford one chair, buy one chair. If you can afford 10, buy 10. If you can't afford the 45, get together with somebody else and put 2350 apiece. Now that's more money. 4250. The other two bucks would be for the inconvenience, all right? Filling out two envelopes. But can you see how this is a very practical way? And when you come to visit there, you can pick out any two chairs you want or a chair say, that's my chair. We'll say, yeah, that's your chair. Don't worry about it. Actually, you know what? We'll let you write your name on the bottom. We don't do plaques in this church. No. It stays there. Amen? Amen. How many of you believe that in this church of almost between Bayville and here, probably 1,600 to 2,000 people, okay? And that's not counting wall yet. How many of you think it's not impossible for us to buy 220 chairs? Amen? So if you're not going to be here next weekend and God's putting it on your heart now, we'll take it now. If you were prepared to give towards this offering, next week we will take the general reach offering for Wall Township. So please start praying. Please start asking the Lord what part you should play. All right, because you want a, an investment when God opens the gospel to a new area. You want that investment. Why? Because that's what the Bible calls good ground. Amen? Amen? Amen. Listen, if you are going to fill out a reach card, if you can't be there tomorrow, but listen to me, this isn't only about Wall Township. This is about Bricktown. This is about Bayville. If, you are, if this is your church, if you live in that area, then please serve in that area. If you're not serving yet, make the decision. This is the best time for you to jump in. You'll be jumping in with a whole bunch of people. You'll get to build relationships with a whole. You'll, you'll, you'll end up establishing a whole new network of friends in your life. We need, you, we need those of you that are not serving yet here in Brick. We need you to jump in. Why? Because we're sending about 100 people to Wall. Well, I'm talking about 100 volunteers, not just 100 chair sitters. 100 volunteers. That means we have to refill those positions here. Amen? Amen? This is serious, folks. We're an army. It's time to go to war. This is not a cruise ship. This is a battleship. 
Amen. Stand up, please. If you need prayer for anything, please don't go home and take your burdens with you. Please come up here. There's people that are trained to pray for you and to pray with you. And you go home in peace. Go home with a clear mind and sleep really good tonight. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you, uh, some of you, I'll see you tomorrow in Wall. The rest of you, don't forget, we're here Wednesday night. Guys, don't forget, I'm here 7.30 Tuesday morning. We're having a wonderful time studying the word together. Amen? God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.